Chapter Ten of Miss Frances Baird, Detective, by Reginald Wright Kaufman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Chief's Decision. There is no need to recount further the events of that terrible night. The remainder have no effect on the development of the case and are, even for a detective, only a harrowing memory. So far as I was concerned, I was at the time only too glad, after a brief brushing up, to get into fresh clothes leave the frenzied group of servants, the almost paralyzed father, the hysterical mother, and the silent Bromley, who was adequately consoling himself from a large decanter, and be driven by a stolid groom into Black Springs, just in time to catch the 652 train for town. Either Kemp or myself would have personally to report this affair to Mr. Watkins, and as the original theft had been made possible through my error, I preferred, for obvious reasons, to give the chief my version of the event." Now, even on Sundays, Mr. Watkins was always early at the office, which, indeed, was never closed, day or night, and I had, therefore, not very long to wait, after my own arrival, before he turned up. He was, naturally enough, somewhat surprised to see me. "'What, Miss Baird?' he blandly questioned, his kindly blue eyes smiling in anticipation behind his jungle of a beard. "'Something doing, after all?' "'A good deal doing,' I contritely responded. "'How much?' to be precise, two robberies and a murder. According to our invariable rule, I began at the beginning, and told him everything just as nearly as possible as it had occurred, and very much as I have told it here. I omitted, of course, the single tender passage between Kemp and myself, and I said nothing, for reasons hereafter apparent, about my finding of the key outside the murder chamber, but everything else I gave in detail, and where I failed, Mr. Watkins, who was never known to express surprise, helped me out with short, pointed, even burrowing questions. Thus, strive as I would, and color events as I did, I ended by leaving myself scarcely a professional leg to stand upon. It seems at present to be Mr. Kemp's belief, I concluded, that young Deneen committed suicide on learning of the state of affairs between Fredericks and Miss Bladesdell, and that at any rate his death had no direct connection with the theft of the diamonds. In that case, or indeed in any case, the robbery at least, must be laid at Frederick's door. Mr. Watkins, for a moment, vouchsafed no reply. Instead, he leaned back in his swivel chair and stared at me hard. In this position, his huge whiskers rose before his face, more than ever like the rank vegetable growth of the free forest, and through that thicket his sharp eyes glowed now like those of a beast of prey. There was a long pause, during which I bore his scrutiny as well as I could, and then, I had had such a night of it, my own eyes slowly began to fill with tears. At last the chief broke the silence in that singularly metallic tone wherewith he clothed all his reprimands. "'Well, really, Miss Baird,' he said, "'you seem to have finished in style.' What could I do but nod my head? "'Here,' he coldly continued, "'is what you've done.' And then, with logical precision, he checked off upon his fingers each and every one of the mistakes which I had made in my conduct throughout the case, and through which I had brought such discredit upon his firm. "'Of course,' he concluded, "'between the pair of you, Kemp and yourself have about ruined the credit that it has taken us twenty-five years to build up. Two of the Watkins detectives are sent to a house to watch some diamonds. The diamonds are stolen under their pretty noses. They calmly walk away from the scene of the crime, and allow the fake ones to be stolen in turn. And all the while, within thirty yards of them, in the very same house, a man is dying in rather queer circumstances.' I fancy the humorist will not need a fresh subject for the next couple of months. I couldn't help it. I broke down. Mr. Watkins, I sobbed, when he had quite finished and I had found the courage to speak. 
I know better than you can tell me how culpable I have been. What else do you suppose I've been thinking about since six o'clock this morning? But it's done. The discredit's on the firm, and the only thing left is to remove it by solving this mystery. Put on the case whomever you choose. I don't care. But I do beg one thing of you before you discharge me altogether. Let me land the guilty man. I don't ask pay. I only ask expenses, and I wouldn't ask those if I had the money myself. But just allow me to keep what is left of your last advance in the way of expenses, and I promise you this. I will repay you for the expenditure. I will not look for anything but ultimate dismissal, and by tomorrow evening I will have evidence enough to arrest Lawrence Fredericks. I made this appeal passionately, but desperately. My professional reputation, and, what was far more, my sole means of a livelihood were at stake, yet I somehow could not do my plea justice, and even as I spoke I felt my weakness and was conscious of my failure. What, I asked myself, were my personal interests to this cold man whose agency I had so culpably brought into disrepute? Imagine, then, if you can, my amazement, when he took me at my word. "'Miss Baird,' he said, with that combination of quickness and precision which was so characteristic of the man, "'I'll agree to that. Keep the cash you've got, and if you need more before tomorrow evening, wire me in the code, and I'll forward whatever you may require. I'll communicate further instructions to Kemp as soon as I have thought things over.' Now, exactly how soon do you agree to be ready for an arrest? By tomorrow evening. He scribbled on a pad. An arrest or dismissal, he read as he wrote. By six tomorrow evening. Then he looked up, smiled pleasantly, and nodded to signify that the interview was at an end. That sealed the bargain. I had only to determine where the diamonds were in order to have enough evidence to arrest Lawrence Fredericks, and I had thirty-six hours in which to do the job. End of chapter 10